you're listening to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Welcome to episode 13 of the Big House Bleachers Podcast. I'm Michael Smeltzer. And I'm flying solo today, actually. So my usual co-host, Matt Hartwell, is enjoying some holiday fun with his family. It's the day after Christmas. I like to envision that he's somewhere dressed up as the Grinch right now, getting punched in the nuts by angry children. But I'll let you guys imagine whatever you want to about him. He's not here, but um, have no fear. The show must go on. And I didn't want to leave you guys with a you know, a full week without content. And so, uh, you know, I thought up some some cool stuff that we could talk about together this week. Um, I'd like to start with uh, sharing the origin story of my brand, my company, Wolverine Chronicle. So many of you might know that uh, Matt and I both have individual brands. We, we come together and we collaborate for uh, the Big House Bleachers podcast, but Matt does amazing work um, on Maze Crusader. That's his brand, mazecrusader.com. And he also does some really cool stuff with uh, the guys over at Maze and Brew. Um, And then then I have my brand, uh, wolverinechronicle.com. I also have some social accounts that go along with that. But uh, a lot of people might not know unless they've been following me since the very beginning uh, why I started Wolverine Chronicle uh, just over a year ago. So uh, it's a blog site, and and the origin story is actually outlined in the very first blog that I wrote. So I thought it would be cool since I'm since I'm alone today. I would I would let you guys get a little peek into uh, a personal story about me, but also about about Michigan football. Really, this is about uh, the the game that changed the recent Michigan football team. Of course, I'm talking about the 2021 win over the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, So without further ado, uh, here it is. I hope you enjoy. And then uh, after after I tell this story, I'm going to come back and give you guys five keys to a victory over TCU in in the upcoming Fiesta Bowl because we are now less than a week away from uh, the college football playoff game, Michigan versus TCU. Uh, if you're listening to this pod and you don't know that, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, if you're any kind of college football or Michigan football fan, you should know by now Michigan and TCU are playing New Year's Eve and the winner will go on to face the winner of Georgia and Ohio State. So stick around and uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the TCU game and what it'll take to win. Um, But here is the Wolverine Chronicle origin story. It was the morning of November 27th, 2021. Freezing temperatures gusted into Ann Arbor, Michigan. The big house sparkled with frost and snow was in the forecast for the day that lay ahead. The notorious team from Ohio had made the trek into enemy territory to face their arch rival, the Michigan Wolverines. This year's matchup was particularly tense for several reasons. The Wolverines entered the game ranked number five in the nation, while the Buckeyes entered the match ranked number two, making this the first top five matchup in the series since the infamous and controversial JT was short game of 2016. 
Each team had aspirations of a Big Ten East division title, an appearance in the Big Ten championship game, and ultimately a spot in the college football playoff. The terms were simple. The winner advances, and the loser is eliminated. All signs pointed towards another convincing Ohio State win. The Buckeyes boasted the most potent offense in the country led by their Heisman candidate quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who made waves all season, slinging the ball to his three NFL-caliber receivers. The previous week, Stroud led the Buckeyes to a 49-0 halftime lead against the mutually hated, highly-ranked Michigan State Spartans. Adding to the mystique was the fact that Michigan hadn't beaten Ohio State in a full decade. ESPN television analyst Paul Feinbaum was quoted as saying that Michigan and their head coach Jim Harbaugh were incapable of beating the Buckeyes and that it wouldn't happen in two of his lifetimes. The stage was set. I watched from home in my maize and blue gear as the Michigan team exited the tunnel and took the field. The most beautiful ritual in college football ensued as the swarm of players in winged helmets rushed onto the field and sporadically leapt upward to touch the famous Go Blue banner. Moments later, the teams lined up for kickoff. Michigan would be receiving the ball first. The energy in the stadium was electric for this 117th rendition of the game, often referred to as the greatest rivalry in all of sports. I felt my usual pregame emotions of excitement and anxiety, but something was different this year. I began to weep uncontrollably. My wife, pregnant with our first child, got up and embraced me without saying a word. She knew exactly what was going on. This was my first game without my dad. My dad was a Michigan man. He bled maize and blue. He used to proudly tell me stories about the battles between Ohio State's Woody Hayes and Michigan's Bo Schimbeckler, or educate me about how Michigan's Fab Five not only changed the game of basketball, but changed the entire culture around the country. As I grew up 1,200 miles from Ann Arbor, Michigan, my dad instilled a deep fanhood inside me for the winningest college football program of all time, which also happens to have the largest stadium in the country. We would watch games together here in Austin, and we'd scream at the TV together when there was a bad call or when the other team scored. When Michigan scored a touchdown, we would hop up and face each other, let out three loud grunts, spin around and let out three more, then end our touchdown celebration with a massive belly bump and a howl. We watched every game together in 97 when Charles Woodson led us to our first national championship in over 50 years. My dad passed away prior to the game this year. Now here I was preparing for the biggest game in recent memory without the man that had taught me to love and respect the Michigan Wolverines. Before I could fully process my emotions, the ball was kicked off and the game had begun. Michigan received the ball. The Wolverines methodically marched down the field and into the red zone. Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara faked a pass to freshman running back Donovan Edwards then handed the ball off to the speedy A.J. Henning on a reverse. Henning broke containment and streaked down the sideline for a 14-yard touchdown. Michigan scored first. The stadium predictably erupted, but the Michigan fan base knew better than to get too excited. This was a familiar story. They knew all too well that it's not how you start the game, it's how you finish. 
The talented Ohio State offense took possession for the first time and went nowhere. After a quick three and out, they punted it back to the Wolverines who quickly marched it back down the field into scoring position. Fans held their breath as it appeared the Wolverines may in fact take a firm 14-0 lead. Cade McNamara dropped back and threw a strike over the middle. Interception. The entire Michigan team and fan base took a proverbial gut punch. After the missed opportunity, the Buckeyes rattled off 10 consecutive points to take a 10-7 lead with 9 minutes remaining in the second quarter. In previous years, this was the point in the game in which that team from Ohio would steal, steal the momentum, build upon their lead, and never look back. If this year was going to be different, the Wolverines would need to answer right here, right now. With a balanced running and passing attack, Michigan moved the ball to the Ohio State 43-yard line, converted a pivotal fourth and one, then vaulted a beautiful pass to Cornelius Johnson down to the two-yard line. Then the offensive line easily pushed forward, allowing running back Hassan Haskins to leap into the end zone for his first score. Michigan led 14-10. After Aiden Hutchinson and the Michigan defense held the Buckeyes to another field goal, the teams jogged into the locker room with a halftime score of Michigan 14, Ohio State 13. Tempers flared in the tunnel as the teams head into their respective locker rooms. Footage showed both squads having to be held back from each other by trainers and coaches as the smack talk and jarring peaked. Coming out in the second half, the Buckeyes offense received the ball and once again were held to a crucial three and out. The Michigan offense methodically rattled off four consecutive time-consuming touchdown drives in the second half, while Ohio State struggled to keep up. Hassan Haskins tallied five total touchdowns in the game, cementing himself forever in Michigan football folklore. The legend of Aiden Hutchinson grew as he passed up his father, Chris Hutchinson, on his way to the single-season sack record, tallying three for the game. Late in the fourth quarter, the Wolverines held a 42-27 lead. The Buckeyes took over possession with two minutes and 20, 28 left on the clock with nothing left but a hope and a prayer. C.J. Stroud dropped back to pass. He didn't stand a chance. Defensive end, David Ojabo devoured him to collect his first sack of the game. His Nigerian parents celebrated from the stands as they watched their son play in person in the big house for the first time. Cade McNamara gathered the offense into the most glorious formation known to football fans, victory formation. He took a knee, and the clock struck zero. Michigan wins. Michigan wins. Michigan wins. The Buckeyes go down. My wife and I were dancing around the living room in disbelief with our voices cracking and our eyes welling. I called my mom, also a hardcore Michigan fan to quickly celebrate with her over the phone. I looked back up at the TV and saw the fans rushing the field with a, with a vigor that I've never seen before. As the snow began to fall across the sea of maize and blue, the entire Michigan Wolverine nation felt the reality set in. A decade of heartache melted away. My attention shifted to the man that started it all for me, my dad. Many people would recognize the irony of the wind coming after his death as an unfortunate occurrence. But I can't help but feel as though my dad played a part in the victory. Jim Harbaugh, Cade McNamara, the offensive line, 
Hassan Haskins, Aiden Hutchinson, and all the boys will forever be remembered for this legendary performance. But I know that every Michigan fan that watched that game would admit that there was a clear divine energy running through the team that day. This team was different. This game was different. I choose to believe that my father, a true Michigan man, gave us the extra push that we needed on that glorious, snowy day. This new beginning for Michigan football coincides with new beginnings in my life. This week, the Michigan Wolverines prepare for their first ever trip to Indy to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes for the Big Ten title and a berth in the college football playoffs. While I prepare for the birth of my first child and continue to adjust to life without my dad. In honor of my family and my fanhood, I am proud to present to the world Wolverine Chronicle. This project's mission is to provide professional accounts of Michigan football and basketball with a personal twist from a lifelong fan. Thank you, and go blue. Well, there you have it. Um, that is a very personal story to me, obviously, but I, you know, I think that that game is very personal to Michigan fans everywhere. You know, it's it's I, I you know I I hate to compare. Uh, a, a big football victory to a, a, a nationwide tragedy, but it, it reminds me a little bit of 9-11, right? Those of us that lived through 9-11 uh, that are, you know, when, when you're an American, you just remember where you were when you heard that news, when that horrific tragedy happened. Um, and if you're a Michigan fan, you're always going to remember where you were, what you were doing, and what that game meant. That 2021 Michigan football team returned Michigan to glory. And, you know, there's some similarities now. There's some synchronicity to me telling this story to you guys right now because um, when we look at what's going on with the 2022 Michigan football team, they're preparing now for the second straight college football playoff. Uh, they got the two seed again. This, this time, instead of taking on Georgia, uh, we're taking on uh, the TCU Horned Frogs uh, coming up New Year's Eve. So uh, let's go ahead and take a look at what I believe five keys to a win over TCU and the Fiesta Bowl are. Number one, control the line of scrimmage. This is something that Michigan has maybe been the best team in the country at all season long with guys like Olu, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, Ryan Hayes. Uh, the, that Michigan offensive line has done a great job protecting J.J. McCarthy and an absolutely superb job creating holes for the run game. There's no Blake Corum, but we know that Donovan Edwards can hit a gap, uh, get a little space, and get to the end zone. So uh, we're definitely going to need to control the line of scrimmage on the offensive side. Now on the defensive side, Chris Jenkins and uh, freak athlete big body Mozzie Smith are going to take up the middle. Uh, and they're going to need to create some space for guys like Mike Morris, Iyabioki, and Jalen Harrell on, on the edge there. So uh, we got to do what we always do, control the line of scrimmage. Number two, keep Duggan in the pocket. Anybody that's watched Max Duggan play this year, that's the TCU quarterback, um, especially in this, this last uh, game, the Big 12 championship against uh, Kansas State. 
you guys can see what what this guy Duggan is capable of. Um, he is not just a, a a deep threat, really good passing quarterback, um, but he's a, he's probably the the. I, you know, I'm going to say CJ Stroud's not much of a runner. I'm going to say he might be the best running quarterback that we've seen all season long. Maybe, uh, maybe Tua's little brother at Maryland might compare, but uh, we haven't seen a lot of running quarterbacks this season. And um, it's going to be important that we keep this guy in the pocket. Now on defense, we're going to have to set the edge. What do I mean by that? Well, the guy that's the furthest out on the left and the furthest out on the right side of that line is is going to have to maintain an angle to where Duggan doesn't get on the outside and be able to turn the corner along the sideline. Um, in addition to that, we might see a little bit of spy action from from linebackers, guys like Mike Barrett, guys like Junior Colson. We might we might see them sitting around spying on Duggan because uh, if he does get a little bit of running room, he's incredibly dangerous. So I'm excited to see what what uh, Jesse Minter has in store on the defensive side, but we absolutely have got to keep him in the pocket. Number three, feed the Don. Donovan Edwards uh, is without a doubt one of the most explosive players in college football. And these last two games against Ohio State and Purdue with Blake Corum sidelined with a knee injury, uh, we've gotten to really unleash the Don and see what, see what he's made of. Um, he can he can hit the gap. He can he has breakaway speed. He's strong. Uh, he's got he's got incredible moves. He might not be quite as shifty as a guy like Blake Corum, um, but he has what I would consider the full package of running back moves. Now, his dominant hand looks like it's still in a cast. I believe he's going to play in a cast. Uh, that didn't seem to to slow him down in the last two games. He had that big full cast on his hand still. Still rushed for you know 200 yards a game and multiple touchdowns, but um, that'll be something to keep an eye on. We definitely want to ma make sure that he hangs on to the ball and and uh, is able to maneuver with with uh, holding the ball in his left hand. But we absolutely have got to feed Donovan Edwards to win this game, even if he's not getting um, yards in the first half. Right, like what what we saw against Ohio State was they. They pretty much stuffed the run, you know, quarter one, quarter two. They pretty much stuffed it. But the the great thing about this offensive line and the great thing about Donovan Edwards is they will wear you down. By the time that third quarter rolls around, uh, you got to just keep jamming it up their throat. And that's what's going to set up the play action pass for J.J. McCarthy to roll out, run the ball hit a guy downfield, Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, Ronnie Bell. It all starts with running it up the middle with Donovan Edwards. Um, key number four, contain Quentin Johnson. Uh, we've got a Johnson receiver that's had a couple really good games. Well, TCU's uh, Johnson, Quentin Johnson, uh, is a fantastic uh, wide receiver, and he's the, he's the number one downfield threat that Max Duggan's going to be throwing the ball to. Uh, this season, he's got 53 receptions, 903 yards, and five touchdowns. So uh, those are pretty strong numbers. He's by far uh, their number one option, almost twice as many yards as their number two receiver on the team. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, we, we got to protect ourselves against big plays. Uh, Quentin Johnson getting downfield. He's, you know, we're going to need guys like Will Johnson. There's another Johnson for you. 
Uh, Will Johnson, Mike Sandra still, Jamon Green, Rod Moore, Makari Page. Uh, you know, those guys are going to have to communicate in that secondary and make sure that this dude doesn't get loose. Because um, if he does, he's a weapon. So we're going to want to contain Quentin Johnson. And then number five, uh, my number five key to the game, which is probably my one of my keys to every football game, win the turnover battle. Uh, it's really hard to win football games, especially against really competitive, elite, talented teams. If you don't win the turnover battle, uh, you at least have to be even, right? If you if you lose the turnover battle, your chances of walking away with a W drastically go down. Um, so we're we're definitely, I mean, it's pretty obvious we're gonna want to uh, win the the turnover battle. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who's gonna rock those coveted turnover buffs at the Fiesta Bowl. Hopefully, we can get two or three guys or more uh, rocking the turnover buffs. So. You know, it, the next time we see uh, you guys, when the next time that, that, that we record uh, an episode of the Big House Bleachers podcast, uh, the TCU-Michigan game will have already happened, so uh, we'll be recapping it at that point, hopefully preparing for the national championship game. So, again, in recap, five keys. Control the line of scrimmage. Keep Duggan in the pocket. Feed the Don. Contain Quentin Johnson and win the turnover battle. If we do those five things, we will walk our way into the national championship game in January, which I myself already have tickets to, so uh, fingers crossed that, that, that we get there. And uh, that's it for this week. I appreciate you guys tuning in to, to listen to me rant a little bit and share a personal story of mine. Uh, we will be back next week, as always. We, can, we will continue to put out content on a week-in and week-out basis here at the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find me at wolverinechronicle.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Wolverine Cron. Uh, as always, go blue.